Hello, everyone. This is Lisa Freitas. And I'm Katie Saad, and welcome to another episode of 90 Day Disasters, a 90 Day Fiance Recap Podcast. We are two moms, lawyers, and reality TV junkies here to break down for you the fire in a trash can that is TLC's 90 Day Fiance. All right, everyone, grab your K-1 visas and let's get started. Oh, and because we are lawyers, we need to cover our butts. So please listen to the disclaimer at the end of the episode. Hi there, and welcome to episode four, season four of Happily Ever After, 90 Day Fiance. Hello, Lisa. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm excited to talk to you about this week's episode. I know. Um, I also started watching the... um, that the other series yes um what now i think it's what it's called i think uh, it is there's so many iterations at this point that i, I don't know. think it's that I don't, there's not even any point in trying to remember the titles so i started what well, i'm on episode three of that and i think there's four episodes i think so, that sounds right so we can discuss those couples too although there's like a million of them so we'll see what yeah. we get to okay so i did this in the same format that i did the like took notes in the same format where i just did couples and everything about them in the whole episode. I think that's the best way. Okay. So the first couple that I have is Colt and Larissa. Yes. And this is like, it's almost like a post-coital, except God knows I don't want to think about actual oh, coitus between these two, but sort of post-coital glow of post, I'll call it a post-acquittal. Yes, glow. <laughs> Yes. And I get it. I mean, this is, this is the thing that bothers me a little bit about, I guess bothers me, but I guess bothers me in the way that people are bothered by the things they see in themselves, you Mm -hmm. know, like in other people, things they don't like. And I think that I certainly fall victim to this. And I think probably every single human being falls victim to this, which is you get very myopic, you know, you're looking at the situation that's actually occurring and you're trying to sort of extrapolated the rest of your life like if, mm-hmm. it's, if it's positive so it's like oh everything's fine now so my relationship with Debbie is going to be great and it's kind of like people who fall in love in extreme situations right you know it's like no this isn't going to last you have to think about the context mm-hmm. and with these particular people like this is this is literally the highest their relationship is ever going to go mm-hmm. so and they oh, don't realize sure. that yeah it's going to be a uh... so I think that they, I don't know. It's weird. It's hard to see any real love there. On either side, which is the the funny part. I mean, I think that she turned out to be so crazy and not just like the blow up doll that he ordered Mm -hmm. that I think he's totally lost it with her. Like, I don't think he's interested. I think that he was just trying to get through this like real deal crisis. And it really was a crisis and it involved the law and Mm -hmm. it's obviously being broadcast. Yeah, I mean, I think that he's also feeling very, um, like, I think he, I mean, I think he's very much attracted to her. So he's kind of like, well, let's see how long which I is the worst part her around to have yeah. sex with her. He's basically. still using her. He's still mm-hmm. using her, which is really disgusting. And honestly, it makes him the villain here, in my opinion. Yeah. She's just crazy. His the way he speaks to is so is annoying in the same way that Chantal is annoying to me. Like he's so measured and controlled in everything that he says that yes. it's there's no feeling behind it. It's right. like he he cannot be real. Um, but 
they start talking about money, of course, because, you know, he's using her, which is gross, but she's using him too. Of course and, she is. And she falls victim to the same thing that most of these couples fall victim to, or most of the um, foreigners fall victim to when they come here is they think that they're going to be marrying some wealthy American who's going to solve all their financial woes and financially give them the world basically. And so they, they start talking about money and, you know, Colt present presents her with, you know, considering a budget, like we need to really budget. Cause you know, he's like, I don't have all the money in the world. Um, I think he's a little bit cheap in this regard. And she is a little delusional in what she's willing to accept. Cause well, first she says a thousand dollars and he's like, I absolutely cannot do that. Um, and then she, they go down to like 500 or something and they end up settling on t- a $200 a month budget, which to me sounds extraordinarily low and unrealistic for anybody. Okay, well, I, I have to jump in here then, Lisa. You've walked okay. perfectly into my trap. I mean, you and I are extremely close friends and I thought I had told you that my monthly budget is $250. I did not know that. <laughs> my like whole hog like everything included except for costco and gas my whole budget for every month is 250 dollars. that's like cleaning products that's baby stuff baby food like it's everything and i and believe me my husband did not impose this on me i imposed it on myself because i felt that i needed to have like a really strict budget or i would just risk you know overspending every month so it is actually possible even as a a mother of two to run your whole household on $250 a month. Again, minus gas and Costco. And the vast majority of our groceries do come from Costco. So I have to be, I have to be transparent about that, but just consider, and you did walk so beautifully into that. So thank you. I guess so. I just feel like her life is so different than yours. You know, she doesn't have any real expenses. I do. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, if you didn't have the children and you were just home alone all day, yeah, what would I be spending money You'd on? You'd be other spending than money like, on like buying movies or cable yeah. or, you know, things like that that you don't have to spend the money on that he's not spending money on. So it's not like they're, he's picking up expenses for entertainment that is going to keep her occupied. I mean, I think she just really has too much time on her hands. And quite frankly, her, you know, she's not going to eat I don't know. Maybe she wants to eat in all the time. I don't know. I just think it's a not um, very That girl realistic. is not living. That girl is not subsisting on minute steaks. Okay. And like Debbie's mystery chili. No, I know. I just think it's a very, um, I don't know. I just thought I, 200 was not realistic, but I, I, I don't, I really don't agree. And, and again, it's, it's from my own experience. Like I really think it is realistic, especially because she doesn't actually have anything she needs to spend money on. So this is all a slush fund. It is all just for like her lip injections and shit. And you're right. It isn't realistic for her that she would ever be happy because I don't think she'd ever be happy with any budget. Like this girl wants to spend money. I remember they were talking about like a two or three thousand dollar Chanel. She didn't oh, yeah. specify, but I'm guessing it was a purse. She wanted that's a Chanel kind bag. Of how much they cost. And it's like, dude, you know, live within your means and I think that for that particular she doesn't know couple, her means yeah she doesn't she also just would never want to live within any means she wants to have unlimited funds and again this is where I feel really sorry for her and I really try to avoid 
um, being flip to flip about her and her mental health situation, because I, I actually think that she's suffering from something pretty serious. Maybe. I don't know what it is. I mean, I'm not a doctor, but sure. Her, like the way she swings and her, and her just complete, like, she seems totally broken with reality. And the fact that she even made this decision to come be with this like schlub of a man who's using her for sex in another country. Yeah, but she's using him too. I think I that, realize that. I mean, I also think that like for her, I think what would be really helpful for her, and maybe you're right, maybe it doesn't matter, no matter how much talk to her or budgeting or whatever, would, would, none of it would help. But I think it would be helpful for them to go talk to like a financial planner. And for all of the, all of his, I think he makes more money than he's lets on. And I think, I don't think he makes a ton of money. I mean, I'm not saying he shares a car with his mother. I mean, no, I know, but he also seems like a person who like is a saver. Like I, but I think, okay. So I think what it is, is that he doesn't want to share all of the finances with her. I agree. So I think he's trying to keep it hidden and be in control of it and be like, okay, I can only give you $200 a month. I think he probably could afford to give her a thousand dollars a month. He just doesn't want to. Yeah. He's just holding the purse strings and he's always going to hold the purse strings. But I think that's the wrong tree. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a huge problem in their marriage. So I think she's got her own issues, but I think, you know, he's got a lot of issues too. And I, I do think that if you don't have any expenses, like any children or anything, what else is she supposed to do but get lip injections and try and turn herself into a human cheetah? Like, I mean, she doesn't really have anything else to think about but the way she looks, right? And honestly, that's all he's thinking about when it comes to her, too. So he she's be. not even – She it's not. It's sort of disingenuous of him to suggest that it's all just self-interested on her part that she's doing all this. She is doing this to – fill her end of this bargain with him well and then so okay so then they have the date and then they decide to go home and get nasty which is disgusting yeah i don't want to talk about that i mean not not with you i mean i don't want them to talk about it like i I just want to leave that behind the curtain and then uh the next scene with them they go she goes to get uh lip injections and it's going to be 475 dollars for one syringe um and Colt is like, that seems like a lot of money and it's way past your budget already. You're going to use your whole month budget. Plus it's like double what your budget is. Yeah. More than double. Yeah. And, uh, she's like, well, you have to pay for it. And then he, he says that she sounds like a prostitute. And then her comeback to that is wife are most expensive prostitutes. Okay. I kind of loved that on her, on her part. (laughs) I thought that was kind of amazing. Um, but it also was very, very dark. Like that exchange actually was extremely dark because it's true. It, well, it, it very much, ex- it very much exposes their entire relationship. Yeah. I will give you sex if you give me money and yeah. all you want is sex and all I want is money and we're yeah. okay with that. Yeah. Let's not beat around the bush here. Yeah. Let's, let's I mean, why are we pretending? that it's anything more than that and then they go in and she's getting her lip inject i'm sorry but that owner needs to lay off the fillers <laughs> no, she's shit. her own best advertising Come but on, is that a, really the best a, advertising isn't she a strip mall um cosmetologist in las vegas like she, yeah, I, I mean know. she was she was toned down and again i don't really understand the nature of any of this because i've never done it i don't know if that woman was a doctor oh, or God, if it was in a know. strip mall 
or if she is technically a cosmetologist. I don't know anything about this business, but I do know that, you know, it's Vegas and yeah, honestly, I just thought that the owner looked terrible. I, that's why I was saying, is it really the best advertising? No, it is because it's a look like that is a look. The plastic surgery you know, enhancement thing is a look. And that right, person, whether she was a doctor or whatever, she had the look. Yeah. And she was wearing a Fendi sweater as if to be like, here's where your $475 is going. Yeah, to go I know. Though. Well, it's so funny, too, because it's 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 interesting because it's true that you say it's a look. Because I think people who get plastic surgery think that it does something different than give them a look. I think they think that it's going to make them look younger or... Well, it does. It just also makes them look But I don't think it the makes them look younger. Else. I think it makes them look like they've had plastic surgery. I think done properly, it, it looks good. I think that the problem is we don't know who's gotten it done properly because we don't see it in their face the way we see it in people who have had it done improperly. It's not like you and I have this like cache of girlfriends who are all getting plastic surgery and we can like compare them to each other no but you know, i do I mean, have i have friends that i found out later get botox and i was shocked because i couldn't you couldn't tell i mean it's so there subtle you go. so that's the good that's and, doing yeah, it well but, and be, it's because they don't get fillers and all this other crap either you know but i think when you're going for the look you're doing the whole face and it's very obvious that you've had work done I don't and the- know. Like, I don't look at Tamra, for example, and, oh, yeah. and think how much. I mean, she's had so much plastic she surgery, has. and I don't look at her and think, "Oh, you look like one of these women." I think she's gotten good plastic surgery. Versus Vicky looks crazy. No, but I still think I look at Tamra and I think you look like an old lady trying to be younger than you are. But that would look like true. Regardless of the plastic surgery, I mean, she has her hair, she has her tan, she has her crazy bodybuilding, the stuff that she wears. I mean, it's all part and parcel of the same thing. I'm just saying she doesn't have that cat lady look like Vicky no. does. No, because it's Tamara true. did it well. Yeah, I just think that, I mean, any plastic surgery, you just look like you've had plastic surgery. I mean, I think there are exceptions too, like where it's like a one-off, you know, like yeah. Stassi, Stassi Shorter, for example, I believe got like a chin implant. And it's not like she looks crazy. She just kind of fixed the one thing on her face that was, you know, kind right. of objectively. But she is young. I think if she's when you young, start yeah. to do shit when you're like in your 50s to try to look like you're 30, then it's no, like. No, I'm talking about like nose jobs and food no, no, jobs. No, 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 no. That's different. You know, yeah, things that are not like aimed at looking younger. Right, right, right. You know, just, yeah. yeah. No, I get that. But, uh, yeah. I, and then when after she got her lip injection, she was like, oh, it looks so much better. I really didn't notice that much of a difference because Larissa has very full lips. She does. I know what she's trying yeah. to correct. She wants it to be flat, like uh, a flat line on the top lip. She doesn't like the Which Cupid weird. sort of thing. I thought you were supposed to have the Cupid thing. Yeah, I think it looks, I think her lips look beautiful before. So I'm, I'm curious if they're going to show her next week after they've been like, because they told her that they would, the, the woman told her that they probably would get bigger and swollen right. at first. It, that's part of the healing. Um, so I'm curious if we're going to see that part of it because I want to see what that would look like. Because I just feel like she already had really great lips. Like if that would be the last thing I would try to correct if I were her. Like if I were her, the first thing I would try to do is like bleach my teeth. Yeah, I agree about the teeth. I'm surprised that she hasn't focused on her teeth um, because it's probably like the most obviously easily fixable thing. But I will say that when she was getting out of the car to go into the shop or whatever, Mm -hmm. she, she had this line where she said like, Oh, I want to look like a Hollywood star. And I just had this flash of her in 10 years 
and the kind of seedy situations and degrading situations she will have put herself in yeah. over the next 10 years. Because my belief is that she's going to be able to stay in this country. She's obviously going to move on from coal. She's got this like modicum of fame and she is just going to go down the toilet looking for, you know, basically an escape from whatever self-hatred it is that she's suffering from. And, and she's I feel really the, sorry for her. She's in the right city. She's in the perfect city. And God, I mean, God knows like the, the, the number of times she's going to change hands, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I'm just getting sadder and sadder and darker as she goes. And it's like a movie. Like she's like a lifetime movie. Yeah. She'll go end up working on like some bunny ranch thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's such a cliche. Yeah, it is. So anyway, that's have, my thought on them. Do you have anything else with, for them? I don't. Okay. So the next couple, the next hot mess we see um, is Andre and Elizabeth. And this is, see, now I think that Elizabeth is the problem in their relationship. The mm, entire problem. I turned on him a little bit this episode. I turned on him a little bit, but I think that really ultimately she is the problem because she starts by going to her sister Jen's house to basically vent about Andre. By the way, what does everything. her sister do? Or what does her sister's husband do? Why does she have this like, you know, and I realize they live in like, you know, not to be rude, but Florida. So yeah, I'm no. guessing that <laughs> I'm guessing that a house like that, like a McMansion costs a lot less there. But like she has an insane house. So no, I know. Wondering... I was noticed that too. And she's clearly staying at home. And it reminded me of something that the dad had said maybe in the first season with them where he was like, look, your sisters have married well yeah. and they, they have money and they have these things. And, they, and I think the dad kind of considers those daughters to be successful yeah. to the extent that they're now being taken care of by other men, but still at this high level. Right. And his problem with Elizabeth is that he think he thinks she's settled and she's sort of scraping the bottom of the barrel right. and she's not going to be able to, he's not going to be able to offload her properly onto Andre the way he was able to offload his other daughters onto these unsuspecting, you know, moderately wealthy men kind of right. a thing. Not, not to be too cynical, but that's sort of no, what I'm I, I can see that, but this is the whole, this is part of the problem is she goes there and she just vents about him. Right. And, and this is the problem too, when you vent too much negatively about your significant other to your best friend, your mom, your siblings, whatever. And, and it's, and it's natural, right? Because you're not going to call your friends when everything's going great. No. Right, you're gonna call when you have a problem. Well, especially because you'd sound like kind of an asshole if you just like called right, your best like, friend oh, and was hi. like, "Oh my god, I'm my so happy, is amazing, <laughs> everything is you got wonderful. me flowers." Yeah, yeah. so yeah, not cool. You, you want to be like, uh, so most of the time you call and you're just like, "Oh, it's so annoying." But the problem with this particular family is they take that and then they use it against him. And well, they're so, predisposed to dislike him too, right? And so when you know that then you don't want to add to it. Like if I knew, if I thought for some reason that my parents disliked vehemently my husband and then we got married and they just did not like him, I, they would be the last people I would go to to sort of be like, oh, he's being so annoying right now because of exactly. this. Because then they it, would be like- Because you value your marriage. Yeah, you and, know that it's just not workable. It's just validating their dislike, right? 
And so I would go to other people, my friends or people who actually do like my husband. People who are more objective at least. Yeah. Who are going to support me and be like, you know what? You just need to like chill out a little bit and give me good advice or commiserate with me, whatever, but they're not going to use it against me later. No. See, no. remember when you told me blah, blah, blah. So that's why I feel like her, because t- then she tells her sister that they, that Andre really wants to move out. And, you know, her sister's like, well, you don't have any money. Like, what are you going to do as dad? And she's like, well, I'm going to ask dad, but I can't tell Andre. I have to go behind his back because he'll be mad because he doesn't want to owe anything to my dad. And I this think this is crazy. This, this is, is if where- she, if she- if she really didn't tell him, if this isn't all fake, which of course we never know, right. if this is real, then she's, she, then it really proves your point. Like she really is sort of nutter butters and she's taking these huge risks. Like she, he would be humiliated. I, I think upon viewing this, if he really didn't know, and I then the whole world true. knows it's like, Jesus Christ, like that is, that is like a deal breaker in my opinion. It kind is, of behavior. I, I also think he's really delusional. Oh, like, clearly he's being irrational, but it's her job to, to put some stick about, you know, to tell him to his face, you are irrational. We are not moving out of this house until you give me the Benjamins, you know, until you give me the actual money in my hand that we are going to use to pay for the next deposit and prove to me that you have the money for da 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 the next month's rent. And the fact that he's then not taking the job that he's offered and all these things. I mean, it's, she's, she's talking out of both sides of her mouth. You know, she's yeah. not having, she's not showing any integrity. She's no. just slithering around between Which her father and her, her husband. I mean, so been... I agree with you. In other words, it's not yeah, a point. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been supported by her dad her entire life. I mean, yeah. apparently she has a job, but for her dad, she manages his fucking rental properties. Oh, which is why, right. which is why Andre is kind of an idiot for thinking, oh, she just got a bonus for services rendered from her right. dad, who's been supporting us all along, just at the exact moment that we had no money on hand to like put down the deposit or whatever sure sure she happens to have been working extra hard while pregnant for the last like three months or whatever was required for this money to drop out of thin air and it has nothing to do with the fact that her dad is her boss i mean that's why i think the whole thing's fake by the way yeah you know and i think also he's just not hearing it like he doesn't want to know it's almost like exactly i don't don't want to know ignorance is bliss well she doesn't want to tell him yes and so they decide to move out and she's talking to her dad and she's, she's, I, her dad obviously is part of the problem too. He's a total enabler um, yes. because nobody All he has wa- to do is say no and she'd have to stay in the house. Right. And nobody wants to, I mean, I understand one, never wanting to see your children fail and not wanting to see your children suffer. And I know she's pregnant and it, that's probably extra hard for them to see, and I can't say that if I were, if my kids were in that same position, I'd love to say that I am a tough love type person um, and that I would be like, figure it out. But of course, if my daughter came to me pregnant and her husband was unemployed and but she's they're like, already in a house, like, this well, is, yeah, this is my point. All he had to do was say, no, I'm not giving you money for another deposit. You could stay in the house you currently have. And she wouldn't be out in the cold. That's true. I think I would do that. I would. Yeah, I would, that's what I would do. Are I would say me? that. I mean, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. And he's, you know, he's like, you're throwing away a gift. And she is. She's like, I, he makes me feel like I'm throwing away a gift. You are. You're yeah. throwing away a gift. It doesn't make sense. If someone's willing to give you a rent free mortgage-free house take it yep and say thank you and then save your and mow the fucking lawn and say yeah like I didn't think that his 
I didn't read, I didn't understand the reality of their agreement until I, until this episode where I feel like this is where I, I agree with you that I was kind of turning on Andre because I felt like if he wasn't just giving you something for free, like it wasn't like he was hold, hoarding it over you or holding it over you or had all no. this straight, like he was saying, you can live in there and instead of paying rent, like fix it up for me, take care right. of it. He's and you know, Andre's boasting about being a handyman and that, you know, in Moldova, you have to do things, you do it yourself. Well, then fucking fix the house. Like how great would it have been if they would have really put the energy and effort into fixing up that house. And then the dad is like, Hey, you want to buy it for me? I'll give you a really good deal. Or even if he gifted it to them later, like you've worked so hard for it, you know, as part of a, you know, gift to you, I want to give it to you. Or if he wouldn't accept that, then they could say, I'll give it to you for a really good deal. And you put so much work into it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, take a little pride into where you're living. It doesn't take much. To, what else is he doing? He can't mow the lawn? Well, this is the thing. So I, I have this bad feeling that both the dad and Andre are using this house situation as a way to confront each other in a very passive-aggressive way. So Andre is purposefully not taking care of the house and the dad is purposefully putting the screws to him about taking care of the house kind of, you see what I mean? Like, it's not about what it looks like it's about. Mm-hmm. It's really just a front for their, their like dislike for each issues, other, dislike for each other. Exactly. So it really doesn't actually, I mean, I hear what you're saying and of course you're right, but it doesn't actually matter what the, the, the situation is because they were always going to find ways to confront each other in passive aggressive ways that they can get away with you know yeah. with elizabeth being like pregnant and between the two of them and now they're stuck back in an apartment that they can't really afford and the dad's going to be paying for everything yeah. and now andre it also by her get being able to get this apartment gives andre this like sense of entitlement that he has the ability to choose whether or not he takes a job like that you don't crazy. have, I mean, I understood his point that like being away from her when she's very, very pregnant for 26 days would be really challenging. I mean, he'd obviously but he never wanted... said that by the way, Lisa. No, I know, but he I never fucking said that. That was what I was thinking as a woman who was like recently pregnant, like fuck that. But he didn't say that he was just pissed off that he wasn't going to make a lot of money. Yeah. He was all about the money. He was like calculating it for her on his phone, Yeah, which made it really I mean, it, it definitely took away any, any moral high ground he could have possibly had. Yeah. Yeah, because he could have told the woman, like, look, my wife is eight months pregnant or however months pregnant yeah. she is. put me on the list after. Put something. me on the list for short jobs now, but, like, can I move to the longer one after the baby comes? Because I want to be here for the baby and, a couple, you know, when the baby's little and stuff. Yeah. But, um, so he says he... You know, and he knows that he asked if I refuse a job, will I re- be removed? And she's like, uh, yeah, what do you think this is? Like, you know, I mean. Which is kind of crazy, by the way. Like, why would you be punished? Like, how does it how does it benefit them to have someone off their list completely just because they couldn't do one job? I thought that was strange. Well, it's kind of strange, except that it sounds to me like they only call people on, they have regular drivers. Right. But so these are the only alternates. call people on the roster when they are like, the, the guys that are on the, that regularly drive for them for have an emergency or can't make it and they need somebody to jump in there right away and just do it. 
No, and I get so that. I just don't see the point of like shortening them. that list. <laughs> like, well, I just don't get it just as a business practice. No, I guess. I, and I guess it depends on how long that list is. I mean, if they have a lot of people on it, then it's like, well, I'm going to just keep my reliable people here. I don't need to That's true. have you're these right. guys that, you know, are going to blow us off. And if you're asking that in your initial interview, <laughs> like, come on, people. He does have a very entitled attitude. Um, and I think, I don't know how much of it is sort of a cultural difference and this uh, this sort of like overly masculine thing. And of course he was dealing with a woman in that mm-hmm. interview. So, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Right. I, yeah, it's weird. Um, and then they go shopping for the baby at a secondhand store. And this is where he gets all entitled again. Like he's like, these are used clothes. Yeah. That, that was like, not I don't want look. my baby to wear used clothes. Okay. You have all these nieces and nephews. Why don't you just get clothes from your siblings? Yeah, that was a really, really bad look on his part because, you know, you and I are moms. We both know how, like, heartbreaking it is that, you know, of the number of clothes that we end up having for our kids that they never wear because they grow out of them before we even think to put them in it. And all we want, all we moms of young kids try to do is chase other women mm-hmm. with huge bags of, of hand-me-downs. Like, right. please take this so I don't feel like a first world asshole having literally baby clothes that still have the tags on them i mean i keep baby clothes that i'm given as gifts to give to other people for their babies because my baby is so well outfitted yeah you know and again not i'm not trying to like tout my own privilege i mean i am i'm sort of bemoaning it in a way but i don't think it matters that much what socioeconomic level you're at this is a common thing that babies you know get too much clothes or they and they don't really need them and they grow out of them quickly and so you do kind of pass them around no, I think that's 100% true. And I think that I also thought that this little stop at this secondhand clothing place was a bit of a, a setup. A setup because yep. she didn't, she's not going to buy any of those clothes. In fact, the clothes that she was looking at were for like toddlers. I know. So like, she wasn't not the right she's like, we have nothing for our baby. Well, you're certainly not going to find it in the toddler section. Yeah, don't buy that thing. And she's got all of these siblings and sisters, no less who have children yeah, and you have no idea what to get and nobody's going to get you the stuff. Are you kidding me? She's going to, and her mom, she's going to have a baby shower and have everything she could possibly need yeah. and more. It was so a total setup. It was and I'm kind of ridiculous. I was like, okay, you guys are, if there's something you probably don't need, it's to worry about if you have stuff for the baby. Because I'm Agreed. pretty sure that everybody in your family, including all of your sisters and your mom, especially, and your dad, are going to make sure that your child is very well-dressed. Yeah, that baby's going to be of. naked. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like... Wearing dirty, dirty shoes. You know, the dirty like foot was in it. <laughs> they all live in the same, like, general vicinity, too, you know? <laughs> It so, was totally silly. And and I think I think with Elizabeth and Andre in particular, you see a lot of setups. And I've said that before. Yeah, I think that's true. And you know what? She was really kind of being negative on him when he was talking about being a handyman. But I will tell you, we had these friends and the dad is uh it's really an interesting story. They their daughter went to school with my older daughter, and the parents both met and worked for this very wealthy uh family in Oakland they lived in Piedmont and Mm -hmm. so she was like the house manager for like 30 years and he was like in charge of the ranch that they had and it's a very well-known family here in the Bay Area and when the patriarch passed away they were both laid off and so 
she kind of was getting, um, she kind of found another job working for another family. And he decided to just kind of, as he was trying to figure out what he was going to do, he got on TaskRabbit, which mm. is that app where you um, yeah. take basically handyman jobs. And so he, w- he has a truck and he has all these tools and he's very handy and has remodeled his own house and kind of does his own stuff that he sort of became this guy on TaskRabbit and he can take jobs or not take jobs. But he was like kind of going all over Oakland and making a pretty decent living being a task rabbit person. Um, and so he was like, I don't even know if I need to find another permanent job because this has been really great. Totally. Um, and he's like, I can things I can I know I can do. And then there's things where I don't really you know want to do that or I don't I don't have time to do that. But he's like, I've been busy. And so it's actually not a dumb idea for him. I think the way they were talking about like, you don't want to put an ad in the penny saver for like, Hey, handyman available. But if they went a little bit higher tech, which I'm sure they're both capable of doing and signed up as a task rabbit person or another similar app, he could probably get a pretty decent amount of money coming in now. Yeah. I mean, I think that he had this notion of what his career was going to be and that it was going to be full time and he was going to make a lot of money and he was going to be able to dictate his own schedule. As I think yeah. a lot of young people who yeah. are just starting out in their industries have those those beliefs that are incorrect. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's interesting about him is that he's sort of he appears to just be giving up on his vocation before it's even started. It's like you didn't talk to a single person in the trucking industry before you went to trucking school. Yeah. Or while you were at trucking school to understand this, what's clearly like an across the board requirement, which is a general requirement, I might add, of experience before you get to have all those perks, like, again, with dictating your schedule and then having even full-time employment or getting paid more or and whatever. Frankly, so it's concerning. Six more months of ex- getting experience is nothing, is a drop in the bucket. It's not a long time. When you no. think about the grand scheme of things where he's probably not going to get something full-time within six months anyway. He, he was a bouncer. It's not like he's one of these immigrants that was like a surgeon right. back home and here they have to open a 7-Eleven or whatever. You know, he's he, that's not him. He didn't, he didn't have some, you know, highfalutin vocation back in Moldova or in Ireland from, I mean, as far as we know. No, I agree. And so I, I don't know I, why he's on such a high horse other than if he doesn't just have the same old problem that we see on the show mm-hmm. of these people from other countries. And I'm sure Americans think things that are wrong. Of course, Americans think the wrong thing about people in all kinds of other countries. You know, it's a common issue of humanity, right? The, the grass is greener. Like you think that things are going to be a certain way mm-hmm. in another place. And he probably thought that he could come here and, you know, money was just going to be growing on trees and you know, he felt entitled to that and he's just wrong. Yeah, I agree. I think they're going to have serious issues. Ugh, serious issues. Um, yeah. And, and I, that's I, all I had on them. That's all I have on them too. I think adding a baby this soon is probably not a great idea. No, it's not. Especially with him being so sort of borderline misogynistic. It's like, yeah, he's yeah. going to be super helpful with that kid. Yeah, no kidding. Um, all right. Next, very short little blurb on Nicole and Ozan. They weren't really heavily featured in this episode. Um, Nicole, they need to go. Their whole thing is fake. It's stupid. And she goes to meet with her friend Jessica and tells him that they are definitely meeting in Granada in a few weeks and in the Caribbeans. Oh my God. Um, or maybe she said in the Caribbeans. I don't know. But it was pluralized and I 
thought that was crazy. it was definitely a malapropism of some sort yes um and then she i don't know why she's being cagey about this to her friend because i'm i'm pretty sure her friend is savvy enough to watch previous episodes of nicole yeah, and it's like Oz's you really think this girl doesn't know <laughs> she should already know all of these things but like nicole is being shady about it and nicole just doesn't want to talk about it i don't necessarily think it's an issue of revelation so much as she doesn't want to dwell she doesn't want to think about the things that don't fit into her she should have just totally said, diluted view of her relationship she should have just said watch you know 90 day fiance season or before the 90 days season whatever you know <laughs> go back because it, it'll all spell it out there for you um but it was so like uh, i just wanted to like roll my eyes because you know of course ozen's talking to other women like this is why i think that like this is such a ridiculous thing like why doesn't he just let her go i mean maybe it's just for the show and he gets paid and so he's just, i think like, i'll do it, the show honestly. but like Honestly, I don't think he's trying to make things work with her because he's clearly trying to make things work with other people. I mean, I, I think that, and I said this in our, in our last, on our last podcast, like, I think that these are two reasonably matched people as far as like intellect <laughs> and ability to sort of manipulate each other. Like they're, they're both kind of working at, at the same very low level, mm-hmm. I would say. And so trying to ascribe like rational reasonable motives to him is probably pointless i think of them both in other words as like children yeah like they can only see two feet in front of their faces yeah yeah because of just a total lack of maturity and introspection and frankly intelligence he's probably smarter than she is though because i I don't know about that i think he probably is trying to form other relationships with other people to see if he can find something better and Maybe. that way he doesn't have to continue this farce with Nicole. He just looks so bad. Like, if you just I think know. about him sort of on the world stage, like, he looks terrible. So I just, I can't imagine that he's, you know, this thoughtful guy. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I don't have anything else about them. I don't either. Honestly, again, I want them off the show. I think it's too dark because of May. Yeah. And I just oh don't God. like it. I don't like it at all. Um, okay. Well, so next we have Pedro and Chantal. I mean, speaking of dark, Jesus I think they're going to get divorced. I, I mean, do too. He's over. I it. absolutely do too. He's a hundred percent. They're both over, over it. it. They're, I mean, well, she's not, she's in she's love with not, him. I think she pushed, she went too far. Like she went way too far. Been too like on her family side. She's been too kind of, she held the upper hand for so long yep. and she used it against him for, so, she had the leverage and she used it against him for so long that when they had, I think that meeting with the lawyer really turned things around for him because mm-hmm. he realized she doesn't have the upper hand anymore. And then she realized that and realized that she'd been fucking up by sort of being too heavy handed with him. And I couldn't agree more. Now he's like, oh, good. I finally can get my freedom. <laughs> and so he's packing for his trip. He has no plans for when to come back. Um, and, you know, she's like, I don't understand why you don't want me to come because you hate his family. And they don't like you either. Like, I don't understand why she doesn't understand why he doesn't want her to go. Like, he, he's, I, I 100% understand why he wants to go without her. I do too. But if he were really committed to the marriage, I would say that it was an inappropriate thing to do. I don't know. I would have probably said, look, I, I would have handled it a different way. And maybe this is a communication issue with them where if I were him, I would have said, look, things are really tough with us right now, obviously. Um, I feel very hated by your family and I quite frankly 
you know, I'm not loving them right now. Um, I feel unsupported here. I don't have anybody here. I just need some time with my family for a little bit. You know, you get to be with your family all the time. I haven't seen my family in a couple of years. I just need to be around my family for a little bit and let me just re-energize and then I'll come back and we can, I'll be refreshed and we can really start working on our family. But the way he plays it off is just like, no, I just need to get away. You know, I need a break. I need a break. Well, he also doesn't have the conversation you just had with Chantel, which is posing it as a choice and a discussion. He just said, I'm leaving. I'm leaving you behind. I'm going home. You have no choice. I mean, that, that's, that's what I'm saying is inappropriate about it. It's like he's leaving her high and dry. He's fleeing the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's totally inappropriate. If, if they agreed that the best thing would be for him to have some time alone. And again, I think it would have, if he'd posed it as a question, it would have ended up being more of a compromise. Like a month is crazy. A compromise would have been like two weeks or something like that. Mm-hmm. But he's not willing to compromise with her. He's abandoning her. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he doesn't have every reason to do that. But in my opinion, if that's why I couched it as if he was really committed to the marriage, it yeah. would be inappropriate. I think the reason that it's not inappropriate is because he is essentially leaving her. He's no longer committed to her anyway. This is just like a an intermediate step to filing for divorce. So then it's like, okay, whatever, then who cares? But if they really were supposed to be trying to make it as partners, this would be the death knell of that partnership, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you don't do that. You don't leave your spouse. You I don't think do he's it. exhausted. I, I mean, I don't even know what it must be like to be in that situation because he doesn't see her family. It's not like he's sitting. It's not like they live with her family. He has his job. He has his normal every day. And you don't get the impression that they're like constantly at each other's throats. I think that they're probably giving each other the silent treatment most of the time, but that means that she's exhausted by him as well. I know, but I'm just thinking of this. I, you know, I, I'm thinking that like, I can't imagine what it would be like to be in another country and not have my family anywhere, nobody in my family, not really have any friends there um, and be married to somebody whose entire family is right there in our town and goes to school and leaves all day. And I go to work. Yes. But like really it's, and there's this tension between me and that my spouse's family, like, I feel like that would be really isolating and I would be desperate to go home and visit my family and to know that my husband doesn't want to have anything to do with my family either. No, no, I agree with you. I'm not questioning his motives. I'm just saying you, 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 if you want your marriage to work, sometimes you have to just suck it up and you have to have your discomfort and eat it and, you know, make a compromise. That's that you just have to, like you, you can't be completely, self-serving in a marriage you have to make compromises you have to respect the partnership no i'm leaving her leaving her behind when she has said she's not comfortable with it is not appropriate within the partnership in my opinion i mean that's my marriage i should say i should couch all of this by just saying of course this is all my opinion but if i were her i would divorce him over this they have no kids and he's proving that he's not committed to the partnership by doing this so i would leave him is my point that's all it's just a matter of opinion i mean i totally understand what you're saying too i just don't agree Right. And I, and I understand, I see what you're saying too, but I feel like for three years she's been Mm self-serving and totally selfish in her relationship. And he should leave her. So he should leave her for that. Yeah. But he should say, I'm leaving you. I'm no longer committed to the relationship and and we're ending it. Not, oh, you know, not like he's kind of stringing her along. Well, maybe he's saying he just needs a break. He doesn't need a break. 
he needs a divorce. Yeah. So she takes him to the airport and he's that clearly, was sad. Yeah, because she's like trying now. Well, it's in the eleventh hour. You can't like now all of a sudden she on the way to the airport, she's trying to make things better. Mm, she brought it up the night before too. And then she called him an asshole. Well, he was being kind of an asshole. I know, but like she wasn't trying very hard. And agreed. In the car, he's like not he doesn't want to hear it. He's just like I think it really hit her. It hit her in the car. Yeah. That he's actually going and he may not come back. Exactly. Um and so So he says goodbye. Yeah. He leaves. And then he arrives in the Dominican Republic and his mom and his sister um start messing with him, you know, that oh my god, your hair and you're bigger and all stuff. Just like very uh Latin American culture (laughs) um and i didn't realize this but he pays for his mother's house which i think is very common when you have somebody from the dominican republic or from a lot of those countries that come up here they send money back to their families and we saw this with um was it jamaica Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it was melanie and devar yeah yeah yeah. they give money to the which is very common it's not an uncommon thing i think it's if you if you don't know about it, it can be very jarring. But I think for them, I think it's very common to do that. Yeah, but you know, I have to make a comment about that. Mm-hmm. I understand that the general idea is accepted in that culture, but and they they delved further into this in the last season or maybe two seasons ago. It's a question of degree, and I think that Chantel pointed out, for example, that he's paying for everything for his mom and sister, and they are as a result living far better than Chantel and Pedro are. Mm-hmm. But and I, that, that is a matter of degree. I mean, there's one thing to support and supplement. It's another thing to not only be bankrolling someone's entire life, but to actually be sacrificing your own and your spouse's own sort of comfort and financial well-being you but know, I don't know in, in, in favor case. of your mother. I know, but that's what she said. And I, re- I remember back in those, in those previous seasons, that was the question, is what is the degree to which this is going on? How much is Chantel agreeing to it? How much is Chantel personally paying into this? And right. does she know about it? Does she want to do it? And I do absolutely think that even if it's part of someone's culture to do this, it still has to be agreed upon by a married couple. And they might have agreed upon it. But also, I think that a dollar goes a long way in the Dominican Republic. Of course. No, I, don't I understand think he's that. Like, yeah. I don't think that's like, I mean, I don't know what, how, what their rent is in Atlanta, they have a shitty little apartment, Lisa. I know, but I don't know what the rent is like there. I know, like, it's I cheaper ha- than here. Yeah, but not that. I mean, Boston is super expensive to live in, and I would not have thought that. Yeah, I so, wonder what the Atlanta market's so like. I if don't any of our listeners Atlanta, know, please let us know. Yeah, I don't know what the Atlanta market is, but I'm pretty sure it's way more expensive than the Dominican Republic. Yeah, but his mother has like this nice, like a whole house. It seems. I look like more of an, a, a condo. Or an I mean, apartment. it looked really nice. Yeah, but like, I mean, my parents have a three-bedroom, two-bathroom condo in Portugal, and it is like, I think the whole, and it's in like a very vibrant city and stuff, and it is, I think probably it's worth way less than two hundred grand mm-hmm. to buy the whole thing, which is way less expensive than anything anywhere near here. So, I mean, like, you just don't know how much things cost in, in the, I can't imagine the Dominican Republic is, I, I would be surprised. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking like, let's say he's giving, he's sending his family $400 a month. And that $400 may not make a dent in his lifestyle with Chantal, 
but it like is buying his mom and his sister really nice stuff. I'm just saying, I remember from previous seasons, Chantal saying that they were being affected by it, that he was sending so much money and so many expensive gifts that it actually was like deeply cutting into it was, she said something like he was sending his whole paycheck over or something like that. Like it was, it was an issue. In other words, in a mm-hmm. previous season, the amount. And, you know, I, I, I get a, personally, I get a little bit of an icky feeling from his mom and his sister and the sense of entitlement they appear to be displaying um, that I didn't get from Devar's family. For example, I remember in Jamaica when the same issue came up. Mm-hmm. I just I don't I don't really like them. I don't like how they think of Chantel and that they feel entitled to Chantel's marital assets. I, I, I don't like it. I would have a very, very, very hard time in this situation if I was Chantel, in other words. Well, especially, and I if, I, especially if I hated them and they hated me. Well, I don't like, think why of am it, I giving you money? <laughs> I don't think of it in terms of like I don't think they think of it as in terms of marital assets. But especially, they are. You know that we're lawyers. I understand that, but I don't think they think of it that way. They probably think he's sending us some of his paycheck. I mean, I happen yeah. to know in other countries they don't even have the the idea of community property. Your income is your own income. So they're probably thinking he's not giving us Chantal's money. He's giving us his money. So it probably doesn't like, they don't know the law in California. I mean, I'm pretty sure they're not like thinking, oh, well, it's community property. So he's giving us half of her money and half of his money. Like they're just thinking, hey, he got a job there. Now he can send us money. Um, I don't think it's that. I don't think they're thinking about it that deeply. Um, and I do think they have a little bit of resentment because, and I agree with their assessment of Chantal's family. They think that Chantal's family thinks that they're better than everybody else and, and specifically better than Pedro and his family. And I think they do think that. And I think they are very condescending. I mean, I think Chantal has been condescending to Pedro mm-hmm. this entire time until she realized she had no more leverage. And then I all of a sudden she that. starts backpedaling. So it's been three years of her holding the stuff over his head and making him feel like, you know, he's less than and her family feeling like they're less than. And now he finally has a little bit of leverage and she's like, holy shit, backpedal, 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 backpedal. You know, I agree. The relationship is doomed. I mean, just given the way you just described it, which I think was totally accurate, really just goes to show, you know, how unstable this relationship is because it's not a real partnership. It's not. And it never has been. Right. And I think that's sad. They, no, it is sad. But I think because they it, fell in love, they clearly fell in love with each other. I think, and they you, did. you have to ask yourself, like, what about these two particular people made them kind of unwilling or unable to to do the kinds of compromising that is required to have? I think a it was her family. I think it was her family. I think if she, if they moved to, if they had come, if he had come to this country and they moved to Savannah. And they didn't live very close to her family. And her family wasn't so involved and yeah. vocally negative yeah. about them. I think they probably could have done a lot better because Chantal, I feel like, is very heavily influenced by her family. And yeah. I think and weren't she- they there? Weren't they there when Chantal went like the oh, I, don't, I don't did Chantal go to the DR? after she was married or, you know, during the 90 days or whatever, yeah. without her family? No. Or was, her, was her family always her family there? Her family was because, always there. 
And they were very, very poorly engaging with his family. So they definitely had something to do with those trips going so poorly. Right. And I think that that, and of course, she's going to want to protect her family and be on their side. But her family seems like they're really into everybody's business. Like, it's just a very odd situation. Like, it's hard for me to relate to because my parents are so not those parents. And my my mother-in-law is not that mother-in-law. Like, she doesn't get involved in our personal day to day she will have opinions about you know our house and all this stuff and she likes to come and stay and that kind of stuff but like my mother-in-law does not talk about our personal relationship and neither does do my parents my parents would not get involved to that degree at all my parents Um, would never but I married into a Lebanese family so yeah we'll see (laughs) very very involved cultural (laughs) that's different it's cultural I mean I'm like the opposite of a 90-day situation because my family came from a different country here but they still have their culture and they're still surrounded by other people who are part of their culture and they had they in my opinion my in-laws who I love dearly had something of an expectation that I would kind of come into the fold a little bit and learn how to be more Lebanese and learn how to be more open and because I come from this like much more waspy kind of closed off background and I mean, and I, and I love my family deeply, but it's just a completely different, it's a completely different way of doing things. Like mm-hmm. the degree to which my in-laws are involved with each other's business and everything is just like night and day mm-hmm. compared to my family, who I'm very close with. It's just, I don't even know if I can put my finger on it. It's, 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 it's not just being personal. It's, I don't know. I, I, but I, what's I, great. I, I can't even explain it and I'm in it. But what's helpful is that you have a support system here. And he had like, it's, well, I get along with my in-laws. So that's, it's not well, like, that I don't too. have that problem. That yeah. But like, and, but also you have your family here and I have my family. So I have like the best of both worlds yeah. and I can easily like straddle them and maintain connections with both of them. And, you know, and it's, I, so I definitely have a, a great situation and I'm not by any means complaining, but I can relate. I can, I can relate. Yeah. Yeah. No, I yeah. understand that. I mean, I, I, I can definitely see see that and I and so I don't know I'm I think they're both both of them are problematic here yeah but for some reason I just don't like Chantal (laughs) more than I I don't don't, like Pedro (laughs) I don't either but I really don't like Pedro's mom and sister that's that's kind of my point I really get a very icky feeling from them I don't like them I I question too his motives in coming here Mm -hmm. I have this I do kind of wonder because there's been like enough evidence that has sort of come out and him talking so like abstractly about this notion of running a business and, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't trust them. And mm-hmm. I certainly don't trust Chantal's family either. Chantal's family either. So then the question becomes, are these two people ultimately incompatible because of their families? And that could be it. I mean, I think, I think Pedro feels a lot of pressure from his family. I do too. I, mean, I, I completely think, agree. I That's my he's point. Very stressed out. I mean, I think it's like he's got pressure when he's in Atlanta with her family and her, and then he's also got this underlying pressure with his family. So yes. it's it's got to be really stressful, and it's stressful even in the most loving relationships, right? Like they could be totally could have been totally in love, and he could love her and be in this marriage for a hundred percent the right reasons, but still have this pressure from his you know mom and sister to do something 
Right. And to give them money and to start businesses and to do all of this stuff. You're right. You're right. You don't, it's kind of a chicken and egg thing. Right. But I feel sorry for them and I think they're absolutely yeah. going to get divorced and that's just. Yeah, they should. They should. Yeah, they should. They should call it. Um, okay. So that's Pedro and Chantal. Next we have Russ and Pow. Mm-hmm. This is, this is another very sad situation because I do feel like Russ and Pow love each other. But I, I feel like she's so selfish. I think she is too. I she's, blame her for a lot of this. I feel like she's selfish in the way that I feel that, and we can talk about this later, um, Fernanda is selfish. It's Fernanda? I know, from Fernanda and John, because they were in the, really? what now? I, think, I thought that was all his fault. No, I, I really feel like she's selfish. and I, And I think that this... That Pow is selfish too. Like I do believe she loves Russell. I do believe she came here because she loved Russ. But Agreed. I also believe she's here now that she's here. She's like, but I want to follow my dreams. Yeah, so, I can't believe she made a move to Miami when he had no prospects there, just so she could feel like more comfortable. You know, but in that her... is exactly what Fernanda wanted Jonathan to do. You're right. You're you're right about that. But Fernanda's a lot younger too. She is a lot younger, but that's that was kind of what she wanted him to do. And I, I feel like, but the only difference is that Russ was willing to do that for her and he did move to Miami for her and he got a job yeah. and whatever, but it, now she was more comfortable. And now he goes to his parents and he's like, please try to make things work with her because I got this job opportunity in Oklahoma and I'd love to be able to take it because it's much better for me and for our family. And it'd be great to be close to grandparents, which hundred percent, I agree Mm-hmm. And, um, and he's like, but she's not going to move here if she doesn't feel accepted by you guys. So you need to step it up and make her feel comfortable. And they agree. And especially after they hear that he has a potential to be in Oklahoma, they're like, we will do whatever we have to do to make her feel comfortable. And I don't think there was any malice by that. Well, his dad was a little rough. Yeah, I mean, his but dad the- was like suggesting she was a green card bride. Right, but he's also not very vocal <laughs> in general. So yeah, like, I don't think he was the one who was making her feel uncomfortable. It was the mom, right? And so the mom agrees to sit with her and talk to her. And so um, we got some interesting background, by the way, that they when they were living with the parents, they were constantly fighting, and you never actually saw that on screen, which I find really interesting. You think that would have been like the headliner for their storyline, yeah. but I think they were like fighting like cats and dogs. In the 90 days sort of which a thing, or, makes, or just when they were living there, which is interesting. Which also makes it more understandable for why his parents would be less inclined to believe that this was going to last. Yeah, but that's kind of messed up. Like, you don't act on that. Concern. No, and I don't know that they you know you, you don't You don't behave differently towards your daughter-in-law because you think that she's not going to be around forever. That's just like a self-fulfilling prophecy. I agree, but I also think that Pau is very, um, she projects a lot of it. Like, she perceived that people didn't accept her or didn't like her. And, and a lot of it, I felt like she's like, this is my culture. I'm going to throw it in your face, and you're just yeah. going to have to accept it. And totally. when people are and when people are uncomfortable with it because it's not what they're used to, they shut down. She, she perceives that as they were judging me. Agreed. And I don't and know that's necessarily and were. that's yeah. projection. I yeah, I agree. Was, they were more like it was just shocking to us, <laughs> you know. But give us a little bit of credit. Like we're trying to get used and and maybe tone it down a little bit. Not change who you are, 
but like get, let people get used to who you are and also accept them for who they are. Yeah, Pow Pow definitely isn't working on a two-way street. She's she seems oh. and that's where the selfishness thing comes in. You know, yeah. she doesn't seem to be willing to make the compromises that she expects from other people. And what's amazing is that in 5 years or whatever, she hasn't grown at all. And that's why I think that she and Russ are poorly matched. I think they're poorly matched in a lot of ways, but specifically in the sense that in my opinion, the best marriage is one where both parties are kind of being forced by the other one to grow to grow mm-hmm. up and become more introspective and, you know, basically become more highly functioning human beings in the world. Mm-hmm. And Russ has simply, I mean, excuse me, Pow has simply bent Russ to her will. She has not been forced to grow at all, mm-hmm. um, or at least not demonstrably. And he is just making, you know, compromise after compromise after compromise and shooting himself on the foot career wise and all these things just to make her happy. And I think that this is that classic cliche marriage that people talk about where one party or the other is just like totally in control and the other party is just yeah. like along for the ride and I think it's too bad and I don't think she's going to be willing to move to Oklahoma even though she should no. be thinking about the kid I mean if she can't even even if she can't think about him equal to mm-hmm. or above her own interest she's, I mean any mother knows that your your primary concern once you become a mother is your child and of course any child is going to benefit from being around grandparents who are not like heinous and obviously his parents are very loving yeah, I think that is she's she's missing a huge opportunity because first of all, Russell will have a better job offer opportunity and he'll have more money, um, which can only benefit their family. And she'll have childcare. Yeah, available. I don't know not if she's necessarily figured that full one out. time. Yeah. Not full time or anything, but like you want to be able to go out with Russell for dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, you drop your kid off at I mean I we don't live that we don't have the benefit uh, that you do of living so close to our either one of our parents but like you know i see it with my sister my sister lives in the same town as both my parents and her in-laws and she's never hired a babysitter and my daughter my niece is 7 mm-hmm. you know um she's always had either my mom and dad to take the kids or her in-laws you know if her mom if my mom and dad aren't available, then her in-laws are usually available or, you know, her sister-in-law and brother-in-law, you know, somebody is always around and we don't have that benefit. You know, I mean, we always have to get babysitters if it's long, long, you know, like a few nights overnights, I'm lucky enough that I can call my mom to come and stay with us for a little while and then we can take off. But like, it's, I do see how it is so much more beneficial to have family nearby. Well, Pal's probably going to figure that out after she has the baby. So I don't I think know. she'd move to Oklahoma beforehand. But then once, like you said, once she understands the reality of the situation, that she can never leave the house, basically, unless she has childcare, yeah. that ultimately it might become worth it to her. But it's still going to become this self-serving decision where yeah, her needs and her desires come first. And I... I mean, I feel sorry for them because that's not healthy and, you know, she's not going to grow as a person. I don't think it's healthy either, but it might help their whole family. If even if it's self-serving, she still agrees to go to Oklahoma eventually. I don't know. I feel bad for the grandparents because I know they would love to have a little baby nearby and their grandchild grow up to know them. I mean, they don't have the warmest affect. I mean, they are like the polar opposite to the Latin American culture. (laughs) They really are. They really are. It's so interesting because Russ is so compassionate and affectionate 
you know yeah, he's always saying amor with like no without like a proper accent or anything just like super mm-hmm. i don't know gringo style <laughs> i don't know how they put it totally <laughs> so at least he's tr- i don't know again i think it's they're poorly funny. matched so that that's all i'll say about that um so okay so then we have finally the last couple we have are jay and ashley and i just have to love the producers who shade these guys so much because the intro song to their segment is broken it's called they keep they keep saying we are broken. i know this this thing is such <laughs> a like dog and pony show it's so annoying i know and if they don't like each other and can't stand to be around each other, why are they working out together? No, he's trying all the time to get her back. That, that's what I think is going on. But she's, but she's like, hey, you ready to go do stretching now? Like, why? I think she just enjoys the attention. She loves having him over a barrel. And that's like the sole basis for their relationship right now. It's just pure masochism He's on gonna his get, part. And just like, but see, they're, they're heading into a Pedro Chantal situation where he's gonna be fed up. She can't and let it go on. Episode, she he... can't get let it go on too long. Like she's just gonna leave him eventually. She's stringing him on along to punish him and to be treated, you know, in this in this sort of worshipful manner. And then she's gonna dump him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of gross. I mean, and the idea, and the, and I don't want to like mom shame her because I think that's always the wrong thing to do. But she did mention that like the kids are around a lot and she's paying attention to the kids and not to him. And I, as a mom, find it hard to think that I would keep a man in the house, you know, my husband or whoever, that I didn't ultimately think was going to remain with my kids. You know, like, what's the, right. they're just going to get more and more attached to him. So there's that concern. I'm not right. saying she's doing the wrong thing. And I, and I don't know that she even could kick him out if she wanted to. So God knows what the situation is. But if it really is just a shit or get off the pop situation where she's just stringing him along to kind of emotionally abuse him there are like there is some collateral damage here potentially right no i agree with that i agree with that and i don't know that that's um, what she's doing I, but they're portraying it that way but i do believe he does have a right to be angry in this situation with oh with her. her going with the uh, ex absolutely and then she says you know it's kind of funny because she's like i'm going with my girlfriends to new york and he's like you didn't even talk to me about She's it. She's so you know, basic. You this whole trip is so, so basic. basic. It's painful. I mean, Stassi Schroeder just came out with this book about being basic, but clearly Ashley has already written the book on being basic. Yes. And she's just being a bitch and treating him like a child. Yeah, it's gross. Um, and I, it's just like, send him back already. Like, just, just you know, end all of our pain. Yep. Agreed. Completely um, agreed. And then the... the the girl from the girls trip in New York is just the basic girls trip. Um, And then they decide to like, she's already talked to the girl from Tinder. The girl from Tinder is in fucking high school. I did not know that. They shouldn't be even calling a girl in high school. In my opinion, like leave her out of it. Why are you calling her? She's in high school. And what are you trying to do? Like, do you understand that if she says she had sex with him, he could go to jail? That's true. Well, unless she's 18. I mean, if she if she's a senior in high school, yeah, she could be true. 18, right? She might be 18. But, I mean, this happened several months ago. Which maybe she wasn't 18 at the time. Well, plus, he's only, I mean, even I he only 20. Yeah, but you can still, even if he was only 19, you could still go, it's still rape. If they had sex. Versus if they went on a date or something. I mean, I think she's just trying to get more details. But you mean, but your point stands. It was stupid for them to call her. It was stupid. And then did you notice that when she called, 
the name, like the contact that she had inputted the number was Skins Side Chick. And if you call Skins was the name, the nickname for his father in Jamaica. Oh, yeah. And I thought that was so, like, in such poor taste. Like, if she thinks of him that way, it's over. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. It. I was so bored. I was so I was bored. bored by this whole segment on Jay and Ashley. I was kind of hoping they didn't show. We them. are so on the same like, page about this. This is boring. Um, and that was it. That was the last. That was the end of that episode. And so hopefully next Sunday will be a much more exciting episode. Yeah, I mean it's been it's a good season. It's a decent season. It is a good season. I'm enjoying it. It's entertaining at yeah. least, even though. We have those couples that we just like the Jane Ashleys and the Nicole and Awesons yeah. who we feel like are just throwaway Get couples. Off my they screen. just kind of they're like filler couples. Um, but I do I am enjoying it. Um, do we want to talk a little bit about the what now season? So yeah. Far? So basically, Petey is napping. She's been napping this whole time, and when she gets up, obviously we'll have to stop. So I think what we can do is just get through as many as possible as many of the couples and then you know when she wakes up she wakes up and then next week we can cover any additional couples you know because the this show is being done in such a way too that I don't think that it's as sequential no I I don't think it really matters how it gets okay so David and Annie um Annie's not happy David is gross I've never just just as a as a like a flashback I've never been able to get out of my head when she was like faking sex, like the sounds of sex in, in relation to the fact that his son was living with them. And I just, oh, I mean, I've never, I've never gotten over it. It's like the stuff of nightmares. And then seeing them again now, I have like this, this like flashback. I know it's, he is so gross to me. And she, he's, so he's teaching these ESL classes. So at least he has a job. Uh, and she's in the class, so good for her. Good, she'll learn. Good for her. They're living in the storage right. unit. Um, you know, and it's a little bit sad. She's not happy. She goes and talks to a lawyer. She's just she feels trapped right. in a situation that you know this. Like I said, we've seen this so many times where these people come over and expect to be taken care of, and it's almost on par or worse than there's been the home that they left. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, she seemed in her family seemed to be in pretty, pretty poor, Dire pretty poor financial straits. I mean, even compared to, I mean, compared specifically compared to what the way she's living now. I mean, I think she's sort of having mm-hmm. to pay her dues. So to speak, you know, they have that old saying, if you marry for money, you earn every penny kind of a thing. And I think that that's what's going yeah. on. But I think we can safely say that her standard of living is much higher. Yeah. Okay. I agree with that. Uh, it's can, an assumption. Can, definitely... It's an assumption, but it's one I'm willing to make in this case. No, no, no. I agree with that. But still, it's been, it's definitely been a struggle. Whether it's worth it or not is totally <laughs> a different story. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um. I'm not sure it is. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it is at all. Um, and I don't think she thinks it is. I agree. I'm surprised she's actually still with him because I thought that by the end of the last season, you know, they were just going down down the drain. So I'm not sure how he managed to keep her keep her around. I wonder yeah, I if we'll either. get to sort of see that, you know. Like what's in it for her? Yeah, I don't know. Um yeah, they're <sighs> 
I feel like they're a little sad too. Oh yeah, that's like a black hole um, of despair. I can't, I can't even with them. They're almost as bad as what was the? I think the one of the worst couples of all time was <laughs> the Baraboo couple. <laughs> oh yeah. What was her name? Leda. Wonder... <laughs> oh god. I wonder if she's they enjoying so their bad. apartment still. <laughs> and if the other side of Tasha's hair has grown back. <laughs> oh, no. That was so god. They were definitely a uh, a treat, weren't they? But yeah, I mean, the, um, that's, that's kind of how I think of David and Annie. Like, wow, this is just depressing. yeah. But I mean, I even think Eric was better than David. God, maybe. I mean, not by much. Yeah, but, I don't know. You know. At least he was sweet with the kid. Um, Yes, he was very sweet with the kid. Um, But yeah, I don't have much else to say about them Mm -hmm. except that they're sad. Um, Let's see. Molly and Louise. God, I cannot believe this Um, is even still dragging on. It's like, okay. I can't either. He's remarried. I know. It's like, it's over. They don't have a story anymore. You know, like this this is where I I draw the line personally. Yeah, I don't know why they keep, you know, beating this dead horse. I think because Molly is good TV. Like Molly has real personality. She can string, you know, she could string two words together pretty well. She's funny. Um, so I think it's really yeah. about her, you know, keeping her on the show because she is a good TV personality. And, you know, she had been on a reality show before. What show had she Supposedly, been Supposedly, I, I, I want to say it was called Double Divas. I could be wrong, but it was because she owns some kind of lingerie store um that i think is specifically geared towards curvier girls and i think that she had some kind of show about her store but of course that's not a very interesting storyline so i think it didn't last but she was already kind of in the ether and she probably had some fans and so i think they're just like building off of that and i love molly i mean i've heard her be interviewed i do too i like have you ever heard her be interviewed i think kate casey interviewed her once for her podcast and she's Mm -hmm. just really articulate and interesting and this is one of those things where this is a true story this really happened to her and so when you have this great kind of tv personality or at least good tv personality who actually ends up in the bad shit situation like i get not wanting to let it go but at this point he has literally remarried like it's just there is no molly and louise i know it makes me sad that they keep dragging it on i guess she's i and i'm not sure it was hard to tell if because they're divorced too so it's hard to tell what obviously because he's remarried but like it's hard to tell if she's what the concern is or what the issue you know know. this raises a very interesting legal question because you and i keep struggling because we refuse to put any actual brain power into this you and i continue (laughs) to struggle with these legal questions about the support and the affidavits of support etc that come along with the k1 my question is if he has remarried an american does that person then become responsible for him financially? Does it, is it, is Molly then divested they, of that? Does the sponsorship transfer? Like, yeah. I'm, I'm just it curious. Should. I'm curious. I mean, in theory, because of community property. It sounds stuff, like, it sounds like she's moving on. Well, I don't even know if they live in a community property state, but, um, but it sounds like she's kind of ready to move on. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. So it doesn't. Well, sound anybody like would be ready to like, move on from being financially responsible for the dipshit you brought over from another country and left you right after. No, I know, but I think I think her story would be much darker, and there'd be more um, conversation if it was like more of a "I'm still, you know, taking care of his yeah, ass" kind you're of. Probably thing. right about that. 
because right now we're just seeing her like basically physically get him out of mm-hmm. her life um and then we have Tarek. Tarek is it Tarek? Uh, Tariq, I believe. Tariq. Okay, Tariq, and uh, and his woman. I mean, talk about who dark. Is... Oh, Hazel. This is this is one of the darkest storylines I've ever seen on the show. The whole thing with her and her son, and her like losing custody of her son in some form or fashion back in the Philippines because she had no money to support him, and now she's like trying to kind of create yeah. a situation where she can have her son back like this is not larissa looking for lip injections this is someone who's been separated from her child yeah well and this was interesting so it was this was another thing where um she's looking for um or he was asking her to do a prenup mm-hmm. yeah and she was fine and with it, which I, I thought was she cool. was fine with it but I thought it was, but what's interesting about it is, as we learned last week, the prenup doesn't have any sort of jurisdiction in the immigration court setting. Right. So you're still on the hook for 10 years, regardless of whether or not you have a prenup. Right. But again, you and I have discussed this and it, it seems, and again, we don't actually know as lawyers, but it seems from the show, like the level of support is not anywhere near what you would get in like a spousal support, normal divorce situation, the prenups apply to in terms of the immigration thing. It's more like, it seems like with immigration, it's just making sure that they don't end up on welfare versus having to give someone 50% of your assets or whatever the case may be in whatever state you're in, whatever situation, whatever your prenup is. Like to me, it seems like it's different. You're dealing with different kind of pots, money pots in a way. Right. Well, because pots of different basically, sizes, let's call it. The, the prenup is going to help with the with a situation in which there is uh when you're talking about um the division of assets mm-hmm. it's not going to really i mean you could do spousal support in there too but yeah, people do that all the time don't they they do there, there are different rules that come about when you're going to agree about spousal yeah. support though you have to like have it signed specifically where the spousal support piece is and you have to have lawyers sign it too um, so there's like, a, there are other pieces to it, but I think that for them, the, the prenup's really going to help with like the division of property, but it doesn't mean that you're off the hook. No. Um, and I think that that's what, uh, Chantal had the impression that she'd be off the hook because they have a prenup. Oh, whereas... I didn't remember that they had a prenup. Yeah, but they signed it like the day they got married, which makes it well in California, not very enforceable. Um, I mean, Chantel has no but, money, by the way, so who cares? I mean, but her, yeah. And he wouldn't have access to her parents' money. I mean, not directly. No, and it's not the, even the money that's the issue. I mean, she still has to take care of him. Yeah, but again, I wish I understood what that meant. Yeah, I really I do. I really wish I understood what that meant. We just need to talk. We need to find an immigration. Yeah, we should find a friend from law school or something and have them on the show. I, I bet these, these questions have the simplest answers to them. I know. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it's, we always think that about the law. We don't know. And then you do the research and you're like, holy shit, this is a, this is a K-hole. <laughs> this is a doozy. It always ends up being a doozy. I don't know how. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's funny. I had this client come in and I, she clearly became a legal resident before she got married, but they're getting a divorce and she's from Canada. Mm-hmm. And I, the all I kept thinking of the whole time that I was meeting with them was, oh my gosh, I wonder like what her status is. 
Like, I wonder if this is going to affect her status. Even though it has to nothing to do with your divorce. Do Why don't we talk about that? <laughs> How did you become a legal resident? Can we talk about that for a minute? Can I interview you? Just make you? sure you're not billing. That's so funny. <laughs> no, I, it's just so this funny. This is off the clock. We really, I'm sure we know immigration attorneys that we could interview. I definitely do. I just need to I definitely do. find yeah. one. Um, because it would be, it would be curious to like know the entire process from like what the obligation is from start to finish and like at what point it changes and what that obligation exactly. is, you know, cause I, we think we know, but Oh no, know. I don't think I know at all. I think I know nothing. No, we, we just guess. Yeah. Um, so it would be nice to actually know a little bit more about it. And in this case, to Hazel's um, credit, she agrees right away but this also still feeds into her overall storyline which is she's not after his money she's after the ability to have a like remotely livable life with her son and that makes it very sad right totally it and does then the whole thing really, with really his sad. brother is insanity i mean it's bananas yeah dean i, I mean dean's got a screw loose i mean this guy he follows his brother to the Philippines to meet the woman. He's horribly, horribly rude to her. I remember he made some kind of like sexual comment to her that was like deeply like degrading. And then he of course turns around and, and, and does it times a hundred sort of the same thing that he was criticizing his brother for very, very odd. I mean, right. there's something going on with that guy, but he's great TV. Oh, he's amazing television um let's see then fernanda and um i have to say with this i'm so happy to see them this is like the opposite of where i criticize the show for having people on that are sort of like dead horses these people i was so beside myself when they broke up for from just Mm -hmm. not understanding it and i'm so happy that they can now get into it and explain it and that jonathan and fernanda were even willing to sort of still be on the show given that you know, they were sort of humiliated by their, their, I mean, they're, they're, they broke up so quickly. I mean, laughably really quickly. Fucking did. Nicole and Azen are still together and these two couldn't hack it. And we thought they, didn't you and I say that we thought they were like the only couple the that was going to make last. it? I mean, you and I officially suck yeah. at, I think, <laughs> predicting this. Predicting. Because <laughs> the couples that we thought would like barely last the season are still together five seasons later and. The people we were like sure we're gonna make it or literally i mean literally what it was a few months or something yeah but was not we weren't understanding why exactly it was driving me crazy and i think you know i I still stand by my statement that you know she is selfish I, i agree but i think she's so young and he's so controlling that there was no willingness on either side to meet in the middle and so it's not really just her it's that they equally are, I think, at fault here. Yeah, I mean, it takes two, yeah, it takes so two. I get exactly. it. Um, I, I'm, I'm still sad about it. I'm though. super sad about it. I feel like, I feel like, sh- I feel like he's never gonna be happy, like in a relationship. She'll probably just remarry like a much nicer guy and be fine. But like yeah. for him, I think he's sort of this was his only chance. I yeah, I'm bummed. I was really rooting Me for too. them. And she's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. She should marry. She but should get with Adam, the hot lawyer from Nevada. That would be a good spinoff. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> that would be a good spinoff. Um, I also think, though, that, like, it's this weird thing where it's, like, people come to America and they have this, like, totally, like, ridiculous... It, it's it's totally the POW, like, um, complex. Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, I'm going to come to America and marry this guy, but then I'm also going to be a rich famous actress I agree you know and it's it's like this is my childhood dream and it's like really was it really or did you come here and realize that you know you could be on tv and you know it kind of got bitten by the bug you know what I'm suddenly remembering is I remember reading once that those like this is this is going to seem like it's not related but it's totally related the, my understanding is that they at and by they I, I'm, I don't know who exactly I'm referring to but essentially sex traffickers from other countries Mm -hmm. they will take the women who are natives to whatever the country is that it's originating from and before they bring them over here or like after they bring them here but before they like put them into sex slavery they'll show them pretty women they'll be like this is this is what it's like to be a prostitute in the united states kind of a thing like you'll end up marrying richard Gere, and i feel like that's related here they think a little that bit. they've married to their Richard no not, and not specifically pretty woman but just the idea of selling someone this bill of goods and it's there was no person that did it which is what makes this whole thing this whole show in other words I'm making a meta point this whole show is so dark because it's like they have been sold this bill of goods just by the general media you know like there's this mm-hmm. there's this lie sort of floating out there that America is like it is in the movies and mm-hmm. you know of course it's well not. they all have this a dream to be a hollywood actor not all of them which I is mean, larissa yes no and apparently uh for i mean leda wants to be a doctor right well Leda's a little different but like the but like the larissa and even pow pow too yeah you know and fernanda <laughs> they want to be these actors and <laughs> you know um models and famous and it's like i think maybe asin has that plan too he might because he's like a bodybuilder and you know he's always taking like fashion shots and stuff he just hasn't like he hasn't executed his plan well enough to physically be here (laughs) sorry sorry asin you have failed in your uh your attempts but yeah yeah it is, the, the jonathan and fernanda thing is very sad to me and um it is really I feel sad sorry for both of them although you know who doesn't feel um, sorry for them cc <laughs> she's like cackling oh no. in her corner <laughs> she's cackling in her corner and she's like also saying uh larissa please don't come to well, actually, she liked Larissa, didn't no, she? No, Fernanda. I mean, not Larissa. I'm sorry, Fernanda. Well, I don't think so. I mean, I think she should have liked her. And I think she kind of came around, but never, like, really came around. Mm. Yeah, I guess you're right. That's my understanding. I think we thought she would, but then she kind of didn't. Like, she didn't even yeah. go to the wedding, I don't think. No, she so didn't. That was, that was, I think, what made me think that she hadn't really ultimately accepted her. No, but then doesn't Fernanda move to Chicago? No, yeah, I'm just talking about the wedding. No, I know, but I'm saying, like, she's going to go move to be with his family. That's true. So maybe <laughs> maybe in the end, yeah, I don't know. That's weird. The whole thing yeah. is weird. 
Um, then let's uh, and you know, and yes, sorry, everyone because... is very offensive. I'm so sorry. No, <laughs> but I but I agree. I think that she is very much um, in t- like I her big thing right now. I guess her big thing is she wants to have a baby. Yeah, um, which is cute. And, I, I hope that happens. And I and I get it, but I I understand his point that you know he's just not ready yet. And this is my issue is there are a lot of girls who they get married and they just want to get pregnant right away. And they're with these guys who tell them I'm not ready, but they still insist on getting pregnant, having a baby. And then when their husbands aren't as helpful or aren't exactly what they want them to be, they get mad. And my whole thing is they told you they weren't ready. Like, yes, it just, it's frustrating. Or like they say, I'm not ready to get married yet. I'm just not ready yet. And they force him and force it and force it. And then they finally get him to get married. And then they're like, he's not acting the way he's supposed to act. Because he told you he yeah, wasn't ready. But I, Listen to the I words. I think it's very manipulative, though, the, on, the, on the men's side in these situations, too. Where they, and, and I think specifically, and this is kind of a weird um, dovetail of Adam and Sheena in Vanderpump Rules. Where, mm-hmm. you know, he, it's kind of a similar thing where he's like, oh, I'm not willing to commit to you, but I'm going to get really fucking pissed off when you go on a date with somebody else. And I'm going to, like, try to blow up our whole, you know, the platonic side of our, our relationship, like our friendship and all these things. Even though I specifically told you, you know, in other words, it goes both ways. Like, yeah. the men are also stringing them along. It's not like the men who know full well that this is what the woman wants is respecting her wishes and letting her go if he's really never going to be able to fulfill them in a satisfying way but but this is a and and i see that point of it but this is different i mean they are married and he's committed to her and he's not trying to leave her he's just saying look you want to remodel this condo you want you know i need to get my citizenship so i can get this job there are so many things that that need to happen before we can actually like he's sort of being the responsible andre in the situation right because he's saying, look, before we get pregnant and go crazy, let's like lock ourselves down and make sure I have a job and I, my citizenship squared away and everything. And then we can have a baby. You know, it's not like she's 40. You know, they have plenty of time. He's just saying, let's get our ducks in a row so that we can enjoy the process of having a baby and not be so stressed out about money and all this other stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I get it. I, I guess I so. get it 100%. I guess so. But... You know, there's never a right time to have a baby, in my opinion. And they're not, like, so in the wrong situation that it would be insane, you know. And they'd be sort of, like, in some way, you know, not endangering, but, like, bringing the baby into a bad situation. That's, that's not the case. I mean, and, and this, this falls no, more into, like, No, and they're not. No right but time. he's just like, I'm not ready. Right. I just feel like, then don't complain when he doesn't, isn't the dad you want him mm-hmm. to be. Because he's already told you he's not ready. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I see both like, sides of it. That's the point that I get irritated by. Because people, I, I mean, I hear this all the time where they're like, he says he's not ready for a kid, but I think it, he'll, it just, he just needs to have one and then he'll be ready. I'm like, I don't know. Listen to his words. <laughs> he told you he wasn't ready. And then now you're surprised that he's acting like he's not ready. And we already have a kid. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I don't know if it's, I, don't know. I don't know if it's cool though for like someone to hold someone else hostage in that sense and the other way you know like again playing devil's advocate here it's like he's gonna he's gonna string her along they're married they've been married for years like he's, he's gonna not say, stringing when her. is he How gonna is be he ready her like what what if 
He said a couple years. Yeah, okay, but what happens in a couple of years? I mean, it's been a couple of years. Who knows if they didn't have the same conversation two years ago? You know what I mean? Like, there is actually a window here. It's, she's not crazy. Like, there is a window but of opportunity. What if she wants to have five kids? She better get started. Yeah, but I don't think that that's what they're talking well, about. Well, we don't know, right? I guess not. I just think that, like, I I don't know. I just know that I would be a much less happy parent if I was struggling to raise my children in the way that I wanted to. Yeah, I I think if he's being genuine about his motivations, it's fine. My my concern is that he's not, basically. Is that I'm not sure we're looking at this at face value. Like I think that there could be some sketchier, you know, motivations going on here. Yeah, and that could be true. Um, I just don't know yet. Well, we'll see. Um, but she is one of those annoying people that, like, is constantly bringing up babies after he's told her, stop bringing up right. babies. You know? Sorry, my AirPods just died, so now I'm on the... Just talking into the phone. Sorry, everyone. We're trying to get oh. our shit together here. <laughs> I know. You're so much more clear, oh, really? though. Well, I'm yeah. like holding the phone to my ear. I mean, I can't do that for two hours. I know. That's but people, crazy. we've heard you. We are we are working on this. I know. Um, well, we have a few more couples. If you're if uh, Petey is sleeping. stirring. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to take a break? Yeah, why don't we Why don't we just come back next week to and finish the other couples because there's so many of them. I mean, it's. Okay. Sounds good. All right, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Legal disclaimer. This is a personal podcast just for fun, solely meant for entertainment purposes. We are lawyers, but we're not giving any legal advice on the podcast. We're not creating any kind of attorney client relationship in the podcast. And also keep in mind that Anything we say, anything at all, it's just our personal opinions. We have no intention of maligning any individual, group, company, religious or ethnic group, nationality, or anything or anyone else. Lisa and Katie have no affiliation with TLC. These are not the opinions of TLC. And finally, anything that we say is not meant to represent anyone other than Lisa Freitas and Katie Saad individually. Finally, please give a, leave us a comment on our Facebook page and give us a five-star rating on whatever podcast service you're using to help us continue to record. Thank you.